This week on Phone Calls with Clever People, we're having a conversation all about magic. Nope, not the kind you'll find at Hogwarts, but the kind that today's guest, Emma McQueen, tells me you find at the intersection of mindset, motivation, and mojo. I recently read Emma's new book, Go Get It, and wanted to give her a call to unpack what this is all about. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Phone Calls with Clever People. My name's Shane Hatton. I'm a speaker, author, and mentor from Melbourne, Australia, and I'm passionate about all things leadership and communication. I realized recently that I know some really clever people in my network, and I thought it would be a fun idea to be able to take some of their cleverness and share it with the rest of the world. Now, through the wonders of technology, I'm broadcasting my phone calls with clever people just for you. And really, the premise is quite simple. I just want to be able to ask great questions of talented people to help us all become more effective leaders. Today, I have the privilege of interviewing the Queen. Nope, not Her Royal Highness, but the one and only Emma McQueen, who is just one of my favorite people. She's a business coach working primarily with women to help them move from overwhelm and inaction to clarity and results, to be paid their worth whilst doing work they love. She has a great new book called Go Getter that I read, and I know what she has to say will be valuable for everyone. Emma McQueen, welcome. Oh, thank you. What a ripper introduction. <laughs> um, obviously, we've, we've, been, we've known each other for a couple of years now and, and we get to kind of float around in similar circles um, from time to time. And, and I always get so much value and, and, and love having conversations with you. So the opportunity to be able to talk to you on the phone and get to share some of your cleverness with the rest of the world is really exciting. Now, um, one of the things I love to do when we kick off is we often start with some things I call fast facts. And fast facts help us to get to know you a little bit better. And yep. they're just three simple questions. Where did you grow up um, or where were you born? Uh, number two, what was your first job? And then number three, what do you do with yourself now? Cool. I grew up uh, in Western Australia. So I'm originally from Western Australia, now moved to Melbourne. What was my first, my first job? Oh, my first job. Uh, I think it was that it's in Western Australia. It's called Chicken Treat. Over here, it's called Red Rooster. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, loved it. Loved it. Ate lots of chicken and chips. Anyway, <laughs> do you um, still is chicken and chips still a go to for you now, or has yeah, it ruined you for yeah. life? No, it hasn't ruined me for life. I think it ruined my family for life because I think I stunk of just oil and crap. But you know, like I laughed. I love it. Chicken and chips is the fave. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what I do now? Well, now I um I help. Uh, both men and women. Um, it's a little secret that I work with women, uh, that I work with men, but um, I help them just tap into their potential and do jobs that they love by helping them with a whole range of things. But ultimately, my title would be a business coach. Yeah, and you're also yeah. an author, which is of a great book called Go Getter, which which showed up in the mail for me, which was fantastic. All about raise your mojo, shift your mindset, and thrive. And in one of the things that stood out to me, Emma, was in the corner. You wrote this little thing called the perfect book for female leaders and entrepreneurs. Now I got it, and I posted something on my my stories and told you that regardless of whether or not you liked it, I was going to read it anyway. Um, and I did. I read it over the weekend and it's such a great book and um, I can't wait to kind of unpack some of the conversation and some of the learning that I had from it and get your thoughts on it. Um, Do you know what? Well I was done. so excited. I was so excited to see that you post you it, that I couldn't stop you reading it. It was <laughs> awesome. And it's given me an idea because I 
the more that I think about the book and the more that I have feedback from the book, and it's a really easy read, right? So I've made yeah. it really deliberately easy, less jargon, et cetera, et cetera. But um, the more I think about it, the more I realise that maybe some of the things that I'm talking about are relevant to both males and females. Mm. But um, it's just a, you know, it's an evolution of thinking, I suppose. But thank you. It's pretty exciting to be able to glue your bum to a chair and write 25,000 words. Yeah, it's a huge achievement. <laughs> and know? I think what what we what you talk about in the book a little bit is about some of the extra barriers that, that women in leadership have to face. And I think the challenges, I think, from the book will resonate with both men and women, but I think there's an added barrier layer that comes from um, being a, a female business leader or entrepreneur. But one of the things I love to do when we start, Emma, is obviously we, we're talking about magic and it sounds very abstract when we say the word magic, um, <laughs> yeah. but I like your your interpretation of it and what this is all about. Can you, can you give us, a, can we all get on the same page, I guess, a little bit about what do we mean when we're talking about the magic? Like what is the magic that we're finding in leadership? Yeah, well, I mean, when I started working out and I've, I've worked with different groups of people across um, corporate Australia, but also um, privately, um, the thing that kept coming up was when we pull together our mojo or our, we we might call it energy. Um, so there's mojo, motivation and mindset, right? Mm. Um, and when those three things align, you're, we're almost unstoppable. Like there's a magic that just happens when we're in alignment. It's like when you um, align your, whatever you're passionate about to your purpose and then you get paid what you're worth and that's in the book, right? Mm. It just feels like you're totally aligned and you're convicted in yourself. So it doesn't really matter of what anyone else thinks necessarily. And the magic is making sure that you, your energy is in the best place it can be, your mindset's right, and that your motivation's in the right spot. So it's really just about when you bring all those things together, magic can happen if you allow it. Yeah. And we often look at other people who we would describe as maybe we wouldn't, wouldn't put it in those words, but it's like almost like they've got the magic. And we look at these mm. people who seem to, you know, almost float through life. They've got this energy. They've got this sense mm -hmm. of ease to what they're doing. And we can often look at it and think if we use the word magic, it feels a little bit unreal. Like it doesn't feel real. Yeah. It's like, how would, how do they do that? How do they get that? And you're saying essentially we can all have that if we just get the, get the alignment right. Yeah, totally. I think anyone can have it. it I mean, it, it requires discipline and it requires um, you to really put some practical things in place in order to manage those things, but there's no reason why you can't. It's like saying, oh, that person is an overnight success, but mm -hmm. we don't know what's happened the 10 years prior, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I think everyone can have the magic, but they have to make some choice. You have to make some choices and some trade-offs um, in order to make sure that that those three things all kind of come together. Mm. I often talk about um, the idea of it takes a lot of effort to make something look effortless and you, you picture mm -hmm. people who are in like the ballet and you watch the way that they glide through the air or you watch someone who's a, an athlete and you watch the way that they duck and weave through the field and you go, that looks so effortless and you realise that behind the scenes there's so much effort which goes into that end product of yeah. making something look really effortless. Um, <laughs> yes. and, and, and one of the things you're really good at, and, and I, I've had this experience with you one-on-one -on -one and, and I, I, I see the work that you do with your clients and it's, and one of the things I, I find you really good at is helping people get results. Um, and one of the myths you talk about in the book is that if we just um, keep moving, if we keep doing the work, then we'll get the results. And it's a bit of a myth around busyness, isn't it? Yes. 
you can keep doing the work, but are you doing the right work, right? Yeah. So I think it's about everyone thinks that I, if I just get through my to-do list, but what happens if your to-do list isn't prioritised? What happens if your to-do list isn't the right thing to be working on? And, um, you know, as women, we have that many tabs open in our brain. Sometimes we have to close a few down and reset some in order to get the priorities right because I think mm. whatever you're focused on, whatever you're focused on will happen. But if you're not focused on the right things at the beginning, and it's interesting because we do talk about results and I talk about results a lot, but actually what precedes results for me is pure clarity. Mm. If you do not have clarity, you cannot get the results. So there's many people that I speak to and they, they can be a bit confused and looking for either direction or whatever it is. And we talk through that and we, um, the feedback that I get a lot is, well, I get a bit of feedback. I get one that says, Emma, you're not a coach for the faint-hearted, which I'm sure you will agree with, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> and I get um, that I cut through all the crap and just um, get down to boil it right, right down so that we've got pure clarity and that means that we can move forward. Mm. But we've got so much kind of baggage and other crap going on in our brain boxes that sometimes you just need to sit with someone and go, okay, what is it that actually I need to do now? And how are we going to how are we going to get those results? And normally it's by just stopping multitasking actually and just focusing on one thing. Yeah, and, and that, that idea of clarity, I think, sums it up really nice is how do we get really clear on what's the most important thing and the right thing to be working on? You mentioned before um, you are known for helping cut through the clutter and cut through the yeah. crap with people, right? And we had this conversation uh, maybe earlier in the year where we were talking about the difference between someone who kicks you up the butt and someone who kicks you in the gut and someone who mm. kicks you in the, up the butt is someone who helps move you forward and push you into your potential versus someone who kicks you in the gut is help, someone who, I guess, helps you, uh, ends up, um, causing you to feel winded and stagnant and not moving forward. Yeah. And I feel like you're you're great at bringing that sense of accountability to people, but not in the way that makes you feel, you know, winded, but in the kind of way that helps move you forward. Like, where does that come from? Where's where does that accountability? Have you? Is it just because you you've seen people achieve the results and you know that that's what they need? Like, what motivates you? What 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 goes behind the scenes? You know, it's really it's actually a really interesting question because I think um, my strengths. You know, when you do Gallup strengths, my strengths, my top strengths are kind of like achiever, discipline, relater, all the ones that are just getting shoes done, right? So there's that. But also I think that um, I care a lot about the people that I work with mm -hmm. and they know I care a lot. And so when I challenge them, and sometimes I have to challenge really hard, like there's tears, mm -hmm. um, they know where my intention comes from. Because I think people can sniff out intention, right? Mm -hmm. And if your intention is not pure, if your intention is not to serve someone, people know that. And that's where they leave feeling like they've had a kick in the guts. Mm. But if they there's a trust and you, they know that your intention is just to help them be better, then I think um, they understand that and then you can both move forward. But I also think sometimes – people's confidence grows as they have tiny little wins. Mm. So if you can just break down whatever it is that you're working on and get that clarity, even at the smallest intersection, then they can kind of get some activity and then get some wins on the boards and then they can get some confidence. Mm. And I suppose it's through 15 years of coaching that I have seen that if you tweak this and do this and leverage this, then you'll probably get the result that you need. Mm. Um, but over the years, I have worked with some people who have um, – had the 
um, Emma McQueen talking to and they still haven't moved and I'm like, what is going on with you? And normally it's something else that's happening because, of course, as you would know, when people present for coaching, they say this is the issue, <laughs> yeah. issue X, but the issue isn't that's not the issue. The issue is, you know, like someone might present to me and say, I'm terrible at sales. And I might go, oh, that's kind of interesting. But when you delve down to it, they're actually scared of rejection. Yeah. That's a really basic one, right? And so it's actually don't don't focus on the sales bit, focus on the rejection bit. Because if you focus on the rejection bit, the sales bit will sort itself out. Yeah. But it's about actually listening to a layer beneath what they're actually saying or what they're not saying. I love that. And I hope people who are listening along are connecting some of the dots that we're joining here. You, you talked about at the start this importance around getting clarity of priority, which is around what's the most important thing that I need to be working on right now? Because not all activity is equal. It's There's the yeah. right activity. And it's not just about getting yourself busy. It's about making sure you're working on the right work. And then you've yeah. touched on this next step, which is really nice about what is it is the incremental wins or the small wins that I can get that's going to help build that sense of motivation around the work that we're doing and, and helping you feel like you're making getting traction and making progress. Um, what's the difference between mojo and mindset? And so people are, are, are trying to wrestle yeah. with it. Like what's the difference between yeah. these two? Yeah, it's good. Another word for mojo would be energy, right? So energy management. So if you focus on your mindset, it's pretty logical, pretty rational. You can tell your mind certain things. You can wipe stuff away if there's the inner critic going off you know there's some things that you can do with your mindset to keep it sharp with your mojo it's about how you actually manage your energy and so um, that might be around exercise or a daily routine or something to keep your energy in a great space Uh, and normally people would say exercise diet all those normal kind of things I would probably say yes it's those things but it's also about resting your brain it's also about taking some good breaks it's also about managing whatever you task you need to do with the amount of energy you have at that current moment Mm. so for me you know they say the first two hours is the most productive two hours but unless I go for a run in the morning actually nothing is really that productive So it's just about knowing yourself, but also managing your energy. So mojo to me is about energy and mindset is really about how do you actually focus your mind and how do you make sure that your mind is as sharp as what it can be. I think one of the things you'll touch on in all of these areas, when you put something together like mindset, motivation, and mojo, and, and you sit at the intersection of all of those to discover that magic, the reality yeah. is that they're all going to overlap in some areas and they're yeah. all they're all going to feel like if one's out of alignment. So if you, if you feel like your mindset's great and you feel like you're motivated, but then you show up every day and you're feeling sluggish, you, mm. you've, you've been eating takeout all week because you've, you've been too kind of have too much going mm. on, you're going to feel sluggish. And so your mojo takes a hit. And so it almost feels like one of those um, plates just kind of feel like they're almost not spinning they're kind of wobbling a little bit and it throws everything out of of kilter right yeah and I mean a typical example is I went for a run a couple of weeks ago and I did maybe nine k's I'm training for a half marathon such so such a a, achiever thing to do I know (laughs) such an achiever thing to do but anyway Uh, look um, I'm not surprised by that Evan McQueen I'm not surprised (laughs) by it at all (laughs) well one of my clients challenged me and I'm always up for a challenge but basically (laughs) I came back and I just had this tweak in my back and I'm like what is that anyway I could get into the car because you know we love COVID yada yada and anyway I got in and I'm like I just got a tweak in my back. Something doesn't feel right. You know that feeling? Mm, yep. Anyway, he's like, yeah, your 10th rib was out. I've, I've adjusted it now. It's all good. That's how it feels if one of the mojo or your mindset or your uh, motivation is a little bit left of center. It feels like you've just got that tweak in your back. Yeah. 
Yeah, you and and it's just that feeling that something's not quite right. And I guess we 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 are we're wired to be able to pick up on some of these things, but we're probably, if, if you're like me, um, when I get a tweak in my back, I try to just kind of push through it and ignore it a little bit. And in, in the mm. process of doing that, you end up doing a lot more damage. Um, so, we've, Emma, we talked about clarity, we're getting working on the right priorities. We've talked about um, energy, making sure that the way that we show up and do those, those activities, we've got the energy to bring to those. Um, we've talked about um, making sure that we're, we're, we're focusing on the right things. What are you seeing in terms of, let's talk across leadership at the moment. What are some of the big yeah. problems you're seeing with people that are coming to you? What are, what are they talking about that they're facing right now? The number one thing that people tell me is there's not enough time to work on the business, not in the business. Mm. Hands down, number one. That's leaders in organisations who are trying to work strategically as well as operationally. It's people who have their own businesses. It's people sitting in leadership they just don't have, but it's really interesting because they say I don't have the time and when I unpack that, and that's one of the myths in the book, right, I don't have enough time, mm. I don't have time to work on the business, which means actually stepping back from the dance floor and just taking a step up onto the balcony and watching the dance floor, um, that's kind of the metaphor that I use. And when I asked them when was the last time they carved out time to actually work on their business, on their leadership, on that strategic plan, that's what I get. Cricket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like, oh, that's what's happening, but they're not connecting what they actually need to do just to move forward. So if people are struggling with working on their business, you need to carve time out for that kind of stuff. Especially if you manage a team of, you know, 20, 30, 100, it doesn't really matter. If you're not carving that time out, you're not actually being the best leader that you can possibly be because you're just in reactive mode. Mm. And I think reactive mode is a lot of moods that leaders have been in since COVID, to be honest. And that's just where we're at for right now, right? Yeah. Um, in many so, ways, it seems very counterintuitive um, that for someone who's struggling with time to carve mm -hmm. out time seems very <laughs> counterintuitive, right? Yet, because I would agree with you, most of the conversations I've been having with people lately have been, I'm really struggling just to, to have the time to get everything done. And haven't mm. they haven't actually carved out space to actually have that clarity conversation, which is like, what do I need to be focusing on right now that makes the most difference? What are the yeah. things that are going to help me get the quick wins to help boost my motivation? And how do I make sure that I'm making space for me so that I show up with the right kind of mojo? Um, and I, I yeah. think we need to make this space. We need to carve out this space to, to work on rather than work in. Um, and so what are some of your, your tips? Like, how do we do this? How do we make sure that we're carving out space and we're working on the right things? Yeah, well, it's interesting. So you can have the best diary management in the world, but if you don't stick to your diary, there's an issue, right? So mm. Jess and Serena work with me and <laughs> Serena's my sister. And I remember having a conversation with her before she started working with me. She's in WA. I'm in Melbourne. And she said, I, I just need to have a chat with you. It's like a sister chat. I'm like, put it in the diary. And she's like, I'm not putting it in the diary. I'm like, it will never happen if it's not in the diary, my friend. Then she started working with me and she's like, oh, my goodness, no wonder you have no space. There's no space in your diary. I'm like, well, that's why I need you. But putting it in the diary is one thing. Mm. Sticking to the appointment is another thing. And what I see especially women do is we don't stick to the appointment with ourselves because we don't see it as a priority. Mm. So um, the first thing that I would do is actually carve out the time in your diary, even if it's an hour a week, 
just to sit and think and think about actually what do I need to do next? What's going to be the thing that's going to move the dial? What's going to be the thing that's going to help my people? What is the big problem and how can I just think about it? And I think we're so busy being busy and wearing busy as a badge of honour that we think stopping and sitting for an hour is slacking off. Yeah. Right, but yep. it's not. It's the like that's the work of a leader. You need to stop and think about what's actually happening, and give you give your brain space to come up with some solutions. Because who has a solution? Who comes up with creative solutions when they're busy? Yeah. I don't. I come up with creative solutions when I'm out for a run, or when I'm in the shower, or when I'm down. It's downtime. I don't come up with solutions when I'm working through my to do list. Yeah, do you? agreed. Agreed. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so I think popping it in the diary, but then keeping that appointment with yourself. And um, turning off in every all other distractions. I mean, I think um, a lot of my clients, you know, that whole ding in the email, I turned it off years ago because it just did my head in. Um, but a lot of clients jump into their email straight away and they're it's straight into reactive mode. Mm. I don't touch my emails until like midday mm. because I think otherwise it's just a distraction to me. So if I know I need to get three things done, and my thing is just three things for the day, because anything else will fill space. But what are the three things that's going to move the dial? That's mm. the thing for me. And how do I get those done? And then how do I carve out proper time in my diary to get thinking time done or a wicked problem done or something like that? So I think it's carving out the time in your diary, but then sticking to the time and not allowing anyone to move that time. So, so helpful. And and when you if you were if we were to take a step back and look at it objectively, it makes sense. And mm. and that's what's um the, the funny part about all of this is if you ask anybody for advice, they would give you this advice, right? If I was going mm-hmm. through, if I was focused and I was busy and I was getting caught up and I said, I need more time, what we would tell most of our friends or colleagues would say, You need to, you know, schedule some time in your calendar. And we'd go, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like this is yeah. this is actually the stuff that moves the needle for people, right? Yeah, well, the thing is, a man without a plan is pretty, you know, <laughs> stuff, right? Like a man without a map. Oh, I can't even read a map. But, you know, like if you don't have a plan, and my whole point is don't just spend the hour and then go, okay, well, I've spent the hour. Actually, how do you make it practical? What are the next steps? How do you have a plan? Because when you have a plan, you feel far more in control than no plan. Mm. So a lot of the people that I work with, I'm like, well, how are you working out what your plan is? Do you have a master plan? Do you have a three-month plan? Do you have a 90-day plan? You know, what does it look like? Yeah. Um, and a lot of them don't have those plans. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe we just need to get a bit of a 30, 60, 90-day plan and work out actually what you're going to do so you've got something to come back to because it's easy to lose your way when you get caught in the busyness. So, so helpful. Hopefully it's practical for people because I the, the thing I hate is coming on these kind of shows and then – like they're like, oh, well, that was a great chat, but I didn't have anything practical to do. <laughs> and well, well, I'm like, come on, let's get practical. <laughs> yeah, well, there's so much, pra- like, again, like I want to keep coming back and connecting the dots and the journey that we're going on because we didn't necessarily script where we're going. We, we genuinely just yeah. wanted to have a conversation, which is what these shows are. But where we've taken this from is we, we look at this idea of magic, which is this, this sense of um, grace that comes from doing the right effort. And if we're working on the right things, getting clarity what the right things are, then we can focus on what we need to focus on now and actually achieve some really good quick wins. But in order to do that, we've got to carve out time and set a meeting with ourselves and keep and hold to that appointment and make sure that our diary is reflective of that. And one of the things you you talk about in the book is making sure your diary is reflective of your values. Um, Can you talk to, to that really quickly and then we'll kind of bring this into land a little bit? Yeah. So I think, um, if everyone was to take a look at their calendar and where they're spending time, they would, um, and this is like 
do on your own thing because it's probably a bit embarrassing for people. But <laughs> if you were to print out your diary for a week and work out, are my values and my, pri- my priorities aligned and does the work that I'm doing show that, chances are probably that at some point it's drifted off. Mm. So just kind of how do you actually bring it back and make sure that your values and uh, what you're doing and your priorities and the tasks are all aligned because I think that makes a really big difference on uh, where you spend your time and how you move the needle on whatever you want to move the needle on. Mm. So helpful. And and your your book is filled with this idea of, of what do I need to stop doing? What do I need to keep doing? What do I need to start doing? Right. And that's a really yeah. helpful way to, for people to be able to reflect on um, a conversation like this. Um, can you just yeah. kind of speak to that just for a, for, a, for a few seconds? Yeah, yeah. So basically what I see and what I see in corporates a lot and people with their own businesses, they come up with these great new ideas and they don't necessarily finish new ideas. They don't kill the bad ideas. They just keep adding to the bucket and the bucket overflows, right? So when I'm running workshops or whatever, I'm like, okay, what are we going to keep doing? What's working? What do we need to stop doing? What do we need to kill? What do we just need to go? It's not a priority anymore. Times mm. have changed or we've moved on or whatever. And what are we going to start doing? What are the things that we need to start doing? Whether that be for revenue, whether that be for our people, what is it? And I always encourage them to fill out those three questions because it just makes you start thinking about actually I don't have to be and do be everything and do everything, mm. but there are going to be some things. But what you say no to, and I wrote this in LinkedIn the other day, what you say no to is more important than what you say yes to. Mm. Yeah, because if we keep saying yes, we just keep putting stuff in our bucket. But what we say when we say yes, we're saying no to something else. Yeah. So let's make our obvious effort to, to stop some things and just say, no, I'm not doing that anymore. Oh, that's not actually not serving me anymore and get rid of it and not feel guilty about it. Yeah. Emma McQueen, yeah. that is so, so incredibly helpful and, and practical, which is one of the things I just love about the way that you communicate and the way that you lead. It's always designed to help us move to, to essentially move forward. Um, and I, I feel a little bit envious because I see the work that you do with your thriving women community and you're always hanging out. It looks like you're the best of friends and <laughs> you've got some amazing people that you work with. Um, and now yeah. I, I can't join thriving women. Um, although believe me, I've tried and I'm going to be putting in many applications to join your thriving women community. Um, but you do have a great thing called go getters, which is a, a monthly, um, carved out space for people to work on their business or if they're a leader to be able to work yeah. on their strategy. Right. Can you give us a quick snapshot yeah. of what go getters is all about? Yeah, go-getters is born out of the whole point that everyone's like, I don't have time to work on my business. And Mm. I'm like, well, would two hours a month work? So basically they have a clarity call with me, which is we discuss for half an hour the one thing they're going to work on because it's not about working on a million things, just one thing. And then I bring them together once a month for two hours. You can jump in and out. And um, we do Pomodoro, which is 25-minute sprints basically Mm. uh, on Zoom. So there's about 10 of us on Zoom and – we do a bit of an intro. Everyone talks about what result they want to get. And then at the end of the two hours, that should be done. Yeah, that yeah. result should be there. And so we, I bring them back for Q&A and there's a private group so that they can keep accountable after because sometimes accountability is necessary. Mm. Uh, and what's fallen out of that is people are just getting so much she's done in their business mm. that they keep coming back and they um, – also, there's collaborations that are growing out of that just for people in the group. So it's um it's very results focused. And so I said to someone last week, they're like, oh, can I join Go-Getters? And I'm like, what do you want to get done? And they're like, oh, I just want to like hang out. I'm like, nah, it's not a connection <laughs> group. 
it's actually we're going to get shiz done and if yeah. you don't have an actual thing to do then this isn't quite the right thing for you so mm. um they were like oh that sucks <laughs> sorry about that why, um, why wouldn't people want to hang out with the queen so there's plenty yeah, of there's plenty totally. of ways you can hang out with the queen you do tea with the queen regularly which i i think is such a fantastic idea um and you've got yeah. one coming up don't you well i do tea with the queen is my podcast and i've got lunch with the queen lunch with lunch the queen, with the queen. Yes. Yeah, yeah, on Thursday. So that's about 100 women on Zoom. <laughs> Amazing. And yeah, so we do a few different things. But yeah, if you want practical tips, the podcast is excellent. It's 20 minute sound bites, basically time enough to have a coffee and super practical tips on from women who have been in leadership. Um, so yeah, there's there's loads of ways to connect. And I love connecting with people and I love working with men. Let me let me be really clear. <laughs> it's a great secret and my male clients laugh because they're like, we, they, no one knows what the secret weapon is. <laughs> well, look, we, so, I, I can't wait to join Thriving Men when it kicks off. Um, it's going to be. <laughs> oh, yes. Don't worry. I'm onto it. But I kind of feel like um, if I was to start Thriving Men, I might need to be a man. Just a thought. <laughs> <laughs> well, Emma, I've absolutely loved our conversation. And again, like with every person who comes on the show, I'd always encourage you to reach out and connect with Emma on LinkedIn. Her um, details will be in the comments. Check out her book, Go Getters. Um, regardless of whether you're a man or a woman, you're going to get a lot out of the book. It'll add a lot of value for you. Um, check out Tea with the Queen with the podcast. Check out all of Emma's events and just reach out about Go Getters. I think it'll, if you if you listen to the podcast and went, oh, that sounds really helpful, um, mm. don't let it just be that was helpful. Then I do nothing with it. I think the, the best yeah. thing you can do now is take action in the spirit of the queen um, is take action in the right kind of action. Emma, thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. That's it for another week of phone calls with clever people. Thank you so much for taking the time to invest in you by checking out the podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the episodes as they're released. And of course, I'd love to hear how this has added value for you in the reviews. Have a fantastic week.